All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want them. We're back on the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. 1.4 million parts at your fingertips. Finning Canada. Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, not a very good golfer in real play. That's what we learned recently. It's true. Wanye Gretz. Get to the good part. Who cares who about Strudwick and his pr- terrible golf game? Pretty good golfer. Fast forward. Go, go, <laughs> go. We have no time. Wow. What is going who on? Who cares? We have a very Fast spe- forward. We have a very special guest on the show today. Yes. I'm not sure Strudz and I will say much. No. Uh, Jordan Everly played 507 games for the Edmonton Orders, and uh, I think that means that uh, Wanye had what, like 507 pieces of his hair glued that's, to your wall. That's a taken out of context. <laughs> it's not actually. I never said that. No, no, no. Well, no. Do you do you want to say hi to Jordan for the first time ever? Jordan Everly, what are you doing here? <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> doing pretty well. I'm talking to Jordan Everly on a podcast. That's a plus for what is this? A Tuesday, Monday? Monday. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Every day is Monday. You've been looking for this for so long. That's the best you can come up with. I don't know what to say. I I can't get into my phone. I'm all nervous. I can't get at my notes, my keypad. I can't remember my combination. (laughs) I had a whole thing written down. I'm going to walk him through the tale of his life and provide everyone with enlightenment. Was the highlight of your life when he actually uh, held up a picture saying, hi, Wanya Gretz. Do you you remember doing that, Everly? How much did they pay you to do that? Uh, no, I think it, I, I can't remember. I remember doing it. I don't remember who gave it to me or what it was, but I definitely remember doing it. Well, you don't need to worry about that, Jordan Everly. You just focus on you. You don't need to remember about no signs <laughs> 10 years ago. So, the social media world, I, I remember uh, I remember seeing it a lot. So I, was, I remember that. Uh, did, did you read uh, many of the Jordan Everly tribute slash love stories written by Wanya Gretzk over the years? 
<laughs> uh, I Please say, say no. That. Just do me the honor of saying no, I didn't look. The internet is stupid. Just lie to I've, Gregor or tell I, the truth. I, I've seen some stuff. Like I said, Twitter pops up once in a while, and then I definitely know who you are. <laughs> well, to be fair, I never thought we would come to this. I thought I could just hide behind my keyboard for all eternity until Gregor and Strudrick ruined my life and locked me in a sweltering hot studio talking to Jordan Everly. Thanks, Greg. Well, what do you want to ask him? Well, I got a whole bunch of questions. Do you just want to know? I don't know. I've never seen you two shut up for this long. I assumed you were going to start asking him about the other inane things. If if we had my idol, Bo Jackson, on, I'd be asking a thousand questions. So here's your opportunity. Well, he's 10 years younger than you, so you wouldn't be that worried about it. I can make this work. Okay, let's go go through this. Then go for it. All right. Jordan Everly. So you get drafted. You're playing for Regina. And never in my life have I seen somebody happier to be putting on an Oilers jersey on draft day than you were. Can you tell me about how wonderful it must have been to make you smile like that on that wonderful day? <laughs> um, I mean, it's any kid's dream to get drafted in the NHL. I think you don't really start realizing it till maybe your first year junior, maybe you're going into junior camp one time there, and you start realizing your dream might be reality. And But for me, it was uh, going through the draft process. The Oilers were my favorite team growing up and, and uh, being from Regina, obviously there's no NHL teams around there. I had my pick. So that's who I chose. And good choice. Through, good yeah, choice. And going through, uh, going through the, uh, the rankings and, and, you know, they have you kind of touted wherever. And I met with the others a bunch. I knew they were interested. So in my ideal world going into the draft, that's who I wanted to be picked by. So when they, uh, when they called me, it was, uh, you know, you're just kind of ecstatic. I, it's funny. I don't even remember really walking to the stage and just kind of get up, hug your family like everyone else does, and uh, you go to put the jersey. I don't really remember much of it. It's just more of a. I, know, it was I, the first time I'd ever really laid eyes on you. I wasn't really focusing on the Pats much as in, in the dub. I'm a Warriors fan myself, but I remember watching you walk up to the stage and being like, well, that guy just seems pretty pleased to be drafted by the Oilers. And it came yeah, through, right? It was It was awesome. It was a, it was a dream come true. It was. Uh, it doesn't really settle in until you get back to your hotel room that night, and, and I was uh, I was pretty excited. So when you were playing for Regina and you're you come into the dub, like did you come in highly touted when you were a real little guy, or were you just sort of grown into yourself? What was the situation? Um, you know, it's funny. I, my route to the to the Western Hockey League was uh, a little different than others. I was a very small guy at the time uh, before the rules were changed. It was uh, it was a big man's game, so everyone drafted in the Bantam draft was. Over six one, and I think I was like five foot three, one hundred and thirty five foot three, and you got drafted in the Dove. I was a seventh round draft pick, and because you have uh, the heart of a lion, that's why Jordan. They can tell, they can tell when they look at the databases. This guy's got something extra. And you know what? To be honest, I, I would have went and played college hockey. I was a good student, and uh, I was going to take that route. And the only reason I got, I went and played in Regina was because of my hometown. Uh, it made it easy for me. I went to camp. I remember having a good camp. They wanted me to stay around and. My dad kind of gave me the option to what I wanted to do to go CAS or this, and I chose to go to the West Hockey League. It was uh, obviously one of the better choices that I've made, and it all worked out. So you're going to high school. You're playing for the Pats. You live in Regina. I assume you're the king of the city. Everyone's <laughs> giving you flower petals when you're walking around. Like, What's it like to be a high school kid in Saskatchewan playing for the Pats? <laughs> uh, you know what? To be honest, Australia probably knows you don't even really go to high school. You're on the road all the time. The travel in the Western Hockey League is just ridiculous you're you know our our closest game was moose shot and that was a division other than that it's you know three uh two hours to saskatoon it's almost five hours to brandon four hours to pa you're just on a bus all the time so So how does that work you just wheel into class you're like hi i haven't been here for two weeks can i have my quiz in social studies i've heard a lot of teams that you know a lot of kids miss school but we we actually if you were late for class you weren't going to play so i tried to make as much i can but we obviously were 
time committed, we were missing a ton of school, but um, that's amazing you know, when you're in high school, right? You're like, I am the man. I will see you guys in four days after I go to Brandon and do some shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny how it works in, in high school when you, uh, when you're going and you're playing, especially when you're 16, 17, you know, you feel like you're, you're pretty cool. But then as soon as you turn 18 and 19, you're still playing the Western league and people are in, you know, college and they're, they're getting their life on and they're still trying to figure out why you're playing hockey. So it, it transitions very quick. <laughs> uh, my buddy who played for the Warriors for a long time and he went to play in the show after, and that's why I love the Warriors so much. He said, he's like, in my entire life, I've never felt more of the man than I did when I played in Moostra and I was in high school. He's like, we get into bars like underage and all the girls are falling all over us. He's like, when I got in the NHL and everyone was a millionaire and no one hung out really with anybody all that much, he's like, that real sense of like teamwork and camaraderie. And he got drafted, he went back to the Warriors in his brand new Escalade and they rolled out a red carpet for him, his teammates, when he got back to the jaw. And he's like, I could have won a hundred cups for a trillion dollar salary. That was the pinnacle of my life. Did you have moments like that in Regina? <laughs> um, you know what? I wasn't as flashy as I'm not sure what you're talking about, but <laughs> uh, it's funny because you come back and uh, I, my last, my 18 year and my 19 year old year, um, you have so much time on your hands when you're at home because if you're not in school those two years, obviously because you're done high school, uh, you just you practice. You have to wait till the guys are done school. So you you got you're practicing probably like two thirty three o'clock. You get all this time in the morning. So I actually went to university and took a few classes just to. He's a genius, and, Gregor. On top of it all, I knew it. To try and try and do something. So you got to try and keep busy. That was the biggest thing. You can get a lot of spare time to do nothing. So you went to U of S or U of R? U of R. U of R. And what'd you yeah. take? I took sociology, I took business class, I oh, took yeah. uh, psychology. It's funny, actually, the first couple of classes I took, uh, the exams, the finals in the first semester, or the, the uh, yeah, the first semester or whatever, it was, uh, they were during the World Junior Championships. So oh, for God's sakes. They actually let me do them after, which I, I don't know if they've ever done before, but I thought that was kind of funny. See, if I'm you, I'd go to, like, the chancellor of the university and be like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm doing for this country? You give me my sociology credits. We're moving on. We're passing go. I'll appear in three brochures in the next decade and thank the university for my whole life, but I'm not taking any more classes. That's funny. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't pull that card. Oh, you're too good of a guy, of course. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> So then you get drafted, and you're like, okay, I'm an oiler. I'm slightly on the undersized portion of the realm of big people. We'll put it that way. You're big, but you're little or big. And what are you thinking? Like, I'm going to go right little, to the show? Little or big? Well, I don't want to say little because he's my hero, but you know what okay. I mean? Like, he's not struds with his titanic arms and his long, gangly dancer's legs. He's compact, the heart of a lion. Well, you, you really get put down uh... – to, to ground level when you come to your first NHL camp. I was nowhere near ready to be in the, in the league, but it kind of... So what happened? You show up and you're like, look out, everybody, first-round draft pick reporting yeah. for duty. You get into rookie camp, it's, uh, you know, you, you play with guys you play against in the junior leagues. There's a, the odd, ex, like, AHL first year there, but, um, you know, you're not... You're ready for that, but as soon as you get to main camp, you don't really know what you've gotten yourself into. Everyone's so fast, everyone's so big and strong. I was nowhere near ready to play in the NHL. So, Who did I mean, you I'm... see? Who did you see at camp where you're like, holy shit, I have to play against that? <laughs> well, Sheldon Zero is the one that oh, came yeah. to mind. He's a, he was a big guy. And, and uh, you know, like I said, you, and Dustin Penner, too, you, you line up against him, and he's, he's a very big guy, too. So, I mean, you are you get put in your place real quick. You understand where you are in the totem pole. So were you thinking, like, I'm going to come to camp, I'm going to impress some cats, I'm going to go down to the A, or I'm going to go back to Regina. What were you 
Oh, I knew I was going to go yeah. back to John. I mean, I, I knew coming in that I, I didn't really have a shot. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, you can't, Adrian. You know, it, it really motivates you. It gives you a chance. I went and had a really good World Juniors, really good season that year, and, and you, you take the summer and you really understand what it takes to get there. I think that's the biggest, and you see it firsthand. You had a very good World Juniors. Let's <laughs> underline very when we're describing that. I remember being at the game, the Oilers game, when that game was going on. Remember the old boxes, how you could kind of, like, look in from the front and see the TVs, kind of? People were standing up like 10 deep watching the World Junior game on TV, and everyone was ignoring the game. <laughs> Ebs, yeah, let me no. jump in here for a second, buddy. We, we, You and I used to, on the road sometime, go play craps. And craps? I watched, you took Jordan <laughs> Everly gambling, yeah, you yeah, degenerate? That's right. I think he, I, I think oh he taught me craps, actually. Yeah, I, I loved it. I Even B is a prince. Don't drag him down to your level. But he was, but Abby, can you tell the line that <laughs> you used when you were in Montreal? And the table was a little bit cold. And we were talking about your World Juniors. Do you remember what you said at the table? Because I can't forget it. Uh, I kind of have a kind of a memory of it. We were we were we were getting real cold. And I need I need a little bit of humor. So yeah. I can't remember what I said though. What did I do? So the whole table, everyone's like, we're all sitting. There's like four or five of us playing Dubnik, you and me, and Halsey. And Evie gets the dice, and he's like, I'm like, we need you here, Evie, we need you. He looks over, he's like, Strutty. I put this whole country on my back. I'm pretty sure I can put this table on my back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like, That's how you do it, Jordan oh, Everly. All the all the fans. It might have been a little exaggerated, but it sounds great. It was so funny that I think you rolled like one number, then you were out. I'm like, oh god, that was so funny. It was the funniest. The it might be one of the funniest country. lines I've ever heard. Oh my god. So continue on, yeah. That was unbelievable. No, I thank you for chiming in. I mean, you're saying they're playing craps. Bring that up by all means. There's like an outside chance that goal could be on a stamp one day. <laughs> what do you think about that, Jason Greger, co-host and radio legend? Dude, that'd be fantastic. What do you think the chances would be of a goal like that? Well, is there, as long as there's mail still, that's all that matters. Oh, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. Space mail, laser sure. stamps and shit. That was a big moment in the history of the country. I think he could probably roll whatever you need to roll in craps to make the win happen. What do you shoot? What, what did Tavares say to you, right? Because I think he was the first one that uh, uh, you that you guys embraced. What was said in that moment right after you scored that goal? Th- there's... It's like getting drafted. Like you just, it just, but you black out almost. It's just. You're like Will Ferrell. Yeah, you, you're just so excited that I mean, honestly, in my, in my spot, I was just in the right spot. Came to me, but I think you're just so excited that you're you score. I mean, that's what you're out there to do. But you, you're moving. You give your chance. You give your team another chance, and then you get back to the bench. You have to regroup right away because we're going into overtime. Um, you know what? It, it's funny. I don't really remember little moments like that. Obviously, you watch it. But I don't actually remember the excitement I had. You see it when you watch TV and you're like, wow, that was awesome. But uh, when you're actually on the ice, you just react. I think it's easier to play than it is to watch. (laughs) It's awesome, though, to be, I think, involved in a goal of that magnitude because you know you'll be sitting down and, like, Christmas Eve, Boxing Day with, like, Grand Eberlees running around, and on the space TV, your goal's going to come up again. You'll be like, see, everybody? I used to be the shit back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the nicest part about that is it ended up in a gold medal. Yeah. We, we, we were, we we were kind of on the hills or the heels, our heels the whole game, and, and we finally uh, came through, and then we kind of just walked over Sweden in the final. Uh, we played really well, and, and I think we ended up winning 3-1 or 4-1 with a couple of centers, but... Uh, it was cool to do it in Canada. I mean, oh yeah. I think, I think if you do it in a different country and the crowd's not as loud and they're not, you know, I mean, they're cheering for you, but they're you're playing in your home country. That that's kind of what made it real special. The golden goal. Now you say sometimes you black out in the course of the game, you don't remember things. What about at the World Championships? Uh, Struds and I were having a laugh about this earlier today because uh, we were watching it again, and I'm sure you were laughing. Uh, I think it was on the top ten. You'd been 
pick player of the game. You skate over, you know, you shake the guy's hand. And then there's that pretty young lady in the purple dress and you go to shake her hand and she just kind of smiles and gives you the no thanks and then shake your hand. What is, what did she say? If anything at that time, and did your, did the teammates juice you for a significant amount of time after that? Well, you know what? It's funny. Like you, I, you go up there. I, I just figured you shake everyone's hand. Yeah, I, didn't think, I agree. I don't, I don't think anything <laughs> of it. You just, so I shook the guy's hand. I went to go shake her hand and she just refused. And so I was like, Oh, and I started laughing right away. Cause I didn't really know any other response. Than that. And, <laughs> and I didn't even bother to go shake the other girl's hand because uh, I already got blown off the first time. And, and obviously <laughs> I think me laughing kind of made it look a lot more funny than it was <laughs> And then I come back and all my teammates are giving it to me because obviously it looks uh, looks pretty funny. But I, I I've seen those add on a, a top ten still going around. It's uh, it's uh, it's definitely a moment that I haven't lived down. Like I was wondering, like did would some of the guys were they trying to wheel this girl the night before? And all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm not talking to you guys. I was like, let's get to the truth of the matter here. No, it had nothing to do with that. It's not like Honestly, your tire I, model, Strudwick. I walked up just to, to – I thought you were supposed to shake everyone's hand at the front, and, and uh, it ended up – I got blown off. So. <laughs> well, you had a great game, though. That's yeah, the thing. You yeah. had a fantastic game, so maybe you know at least a handshake I thought was deal. You and know it's what? video evidence of the only woman on earth who would reject Jordan Everly. So thank God we have it for all time. <laughs> we have it on film. So let's loop back. Speaking of nobody rejects Jordan Everly, you go back to the dub, you smash 105 points down the throat of the WHL, and then you come back and you play a bunch of games in the A. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think I played nine or something like that the, the, my last year. Yeah, and then you went back, and then didn't you come back again and play in the A for a second tour of duty? Yes, that's right. Sorry, nine and then maybe like over ten the next I'll year. tell you your life, Jordan Eberle. I have it tattooed on my back. Your whole career stats in 12-point font. I got this. Don't you worry. So you come back the second tour of duty in the HL, and you put up some very healthy numbers, right? Yeah, I think we did pretty well. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm going to the NHL now, and I'm going to kick everyone's ass. Was that what you were thinking, or what? Would, what at that point, what did you think was going to happen? No, not at all. I think it was you, you come into camp. I, I think like any junior or NHL camp, there's, I mean, the roster for as far as contracts are mostly set. There's always one or two spots available, and and I think we were kind of trying to make those spots. So I, I knew that I was going to have to have a good camp to to stick around. Obviously, you see like a guy like Leon Drysaddle who came in and. They sent him down to the minors for a little bit. You want to have a good camp so you solidify that spot. And that's kind of what I was thinking in my head. So then you do come back. And at what point, I mean, we all remember your first game. We all remember your first goal. We all remember the most exciting thing that happened probably in both of our lives. It was very wonderful. Was that when you decided, okay, I'm here to stay? Or at what point in your career were you like, you know what, this is probably going to be a thing? Well, I think it's as the season goes on, you get more confidence. You yeah. see rookies come in. I mean, you don't really know what to expect. You play your first game, but – as the season goes on, you learn to travel. You start getting more confident more confident, and that's kind of how things roll. That first goal, uh, though, you might have been like, I could probably make some goalies my bitch. Like, yeah. how did you feel after you scored that? I think it's like anything. You're just playing. You're just out there playing You didn't black out again after when it happened, uh, you, did you? you just, like I said, I don't, I don't remember. You know, oh. It just happens. You're out there. It's like you're just playing hockey and trying to make the right plays. And uh, I think for me, though, it was cool. You did your first game. All my family was there. That was oh awesome. But, you know, you're playing hockey in, in the NHL at, at 20 years old. It's it's a pretty cool thing. I hadn't bought an Oiler jersey with a name on the back since Bill Ranford, right? Bill Ranford gets traded. A younger me writes Glenn Sather an angry letter in childish writing, and my mom made a photocopy of it where I'm, like, <laughs> telling him off, and he'd made an enemy for life and all this shit. 
you score that goal. I'm sitting with my buddies in the stands. I'm very drunk. It's the opening night. It's very exciting for me. And I ran downstairs, ran into the Oilers store, bought your jersey, ran out of the store, and I was back in my seat within five minutes. <laughs> this old dude reaches over to me. He's like, son, did you just go buy that jersey because that boy scored that goal? I'm like, yes, I did. He's like, that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> that was your first game for me. I was like, oh, man, this guy's the man. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it just happened. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, you, you watch, I would I would have been just as happy if someone banked it off me, but it ended up being a, a nice goal. <laughs> but it was a pretty crazy night, because you remember, that's the night that, that Big Matt got into a fight with, uh, was it? Uh, Ivan Wright's oh, and yeah, like his world. Now, I want to yeah. honestly, oh. Jordan, so you had talked about how, as a rookie, you went into your first training camp, and you're like, hey, I'm not ready for the NHL. You went back a few years later. So now you score that goal, and then you see two grizzly bears oh. fight. What? Like, you're sitting on the bench. What's going through your mind when they drop the gloves, and then ultimately what happened? Well, I was happy that Mac was on our team. <laughs> I think that's the biggest <laughs> thing. He's uh, one of the bigger guys I've ever played with. But, um, yeah, it, you know what? There's there's some big guys in NHL, so you got to be able to keep your head up and be fast. <laughs> When you see that, are you like, what if that guy punched me in the face like that? Like, does that ever register to you? Or are you just like such a trained gladiator that you're like, that happens to other people and not to me? Yeah, I'm just trying to put the puck in the net and hope I don't have to do that. Big Max throwing haymakers. I'd be like, mm, maybe I could be an orthodontist. Maybe I'm going to just shut this shit down. Have you never seen uh, um, Mac and Bugard fight in Madison Square Garden? They fought twice that night. Yeah, yeah it was. And the, it was like the refs couldn't even break it up. It was like two bears pawing at each other, and I felt so bad for the refs trying to step oh. in and, and bring these guys apart. And they were big guys. I remember watching. I was on the ice for the first one, and I, I remember I was so scared for both of them because if someone landed one, someone was going to get hurt. It was. It was that was the only time I think I ever in my whole life where I watched a fight where I was like, my God, I hope no one gets hurt here yeah, yeah, on yeah. the ice. And it's weird. Yeah. I've seen a lot. I've seen one side of fights, but like, ah, he's just. You've been on the up. receiving end of a lot of one side of fights. Yeah, not really. Not as many as you think. But I, <laughs> you know, one time I did. This guy beat me up. But other than that, but most of the time I'm like, ah, oh, the guy just can't be. He's not going to get hurt. But that one, I was so worried. Then they're like going to fight again. Oh. I'm like, oh, guys, come on! I almost had a heart attack last time. But you remember, like, Ebby, before the game, you could tell Mac knew this was coming. He wanted it actually. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the league's changed a little bit where. Um, there's not those kind of stage fights anymore where where going into game i remember my first year they're going into some games like you, you knew that there was it was just going to happen eventually like they're, they're that you know you knew that boogie and and, and mac were going to we're going to fight that game it just happened they did it twice but yeah he he just literally warming up preparing for it and we're preparing for a hockey game mac is preparing to get fight <laughs> it is it is kind of crazy when you put it like that did you give me like any tips no, no, not at all. <laughs> you never, did he ever, did you ever ask, say, uh, hey, Matt, can you just give me a few tips just so I can ever control? <laughs> if I ever have to get into a, like a, a lightweight fight here, I want to at least know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm just going to hold on for dear life and, and pray to not take one off the jaw. <laughs> You've never fought, have you, Jordan? Uh, no, no. Thank I God. I'm just trying to think yeah. like through my worst days of my life. Like no one ever fought him, did he? No, no, no. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Have you ever been in a fight one year? Damn straight I have. Several. With human beings too, men mostly. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where where are these fights? Better look out! I'll deal with you right now. Except if I got within nine feet of you, your long arms would just knock me out. Yeah. You guys are fighting over the last Timbit. Oh yeah, we're fighting down the math school over who had the largest quadratic equation. It can get pretty heated. Let me tell you.
<laughs> All right, let's just just. If you do you mind, Strads? No, Can okay, I talk we'll to my just, best I'm friend to here? Can we have a private yeah, conversation in front of a podcast audience? Yeah, I'm walking. I'm looking at the clock. I know what's going on. <laughs> so you came up during a very difficult era, I think, to be famous, especially in a city in Edmonton where the ambient temperature is minus nine thousand, and everybody's in their houses and they're looking on their phones. And as a result, one of the things, and uh, you know, Edmonton Oilers fans on social media are like widely disproportionate to other NHL teams, right? Like Florida Panthers do not have the legions of uh, fans online like Oilers fans do. They have some of them, but not uh, as many. What was it like blowing up, being like a 20-year-old multimillionaire king of the city in a world where every single phone is a camera and you have to be like super cautious as to how everything goes? Well, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, to be honest. You know, you go out in the city, you go for dinner, people are recognizing you, uh, talking about games. And even at a time where, obviously, we weren't a very good team. I, mean, I think we were finishing, we are getting a lot of first overall picks. Oh, so, yeah. Um, you know, and people were still, you know, passionate and they loved the Oilers. I think that's what made Edmonton great to play in, was that, the, that people loved the love the team and they love, uh, they loved the players for the most part. So, I mean, it, it was... Is it hard, though? Like, you hear old boys be like, ooh, if there was social media when I was a boy, there'd be photographs of me doing mountains of cocaine off the Stanley Cup. Like, is it hard to be you being like, I can't go to Earl's without nine moms asking me for selfies before I leave? No, no, I, I enjoyed it, to be honest. You, you go for dinner and you, you kind of communicate with the, with the public. I mean, and for the most part, everyone's great. They come up to you, ask your picture, like, absolutely, you know, small talk for a little bit, and and they and they leave you alone, but yeah. Um, you but know, like I, I've seen photos of guys, like you were one of them, where you're like, did he really want to be in that photo in the <laughs> middle of Savon Foods in the bread aisle? Yeah. Like, it's I hard. Mean, it, it has to be hard, right? It has it to be hard to not bit. be able to go into public without having your game face on. For sure. I mean, if you there was a lot of times if we play if we didn't play well as a team and we lost or whatever, the, the last thing I wanted to do was go for dinner and right. have to talk to people. But I mean, you try to put on your best best face and and uh, you, you do the best you can but it's a double-edged sword right because on the one hand you're on this team that will say didn't win as many games as it should have based on what i wanted to happen and what you wanted to happen but at the same time they're selling out but at the same time you can't go to the 7-eleven without some guy walking up to you being like you know what the problem with the power play is you need to shoot more <laughs> right like after a while you guys are pros but i'd be like okay thank you i just want to get my gum and leave yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely tough sometimes. I, I can't say I've ever lost my cool, but it's uh, sometimes when you're definitely when you're getting asked about the power play and, and after a loss, it, it can be tough. <laughs> I would get, because I'm a crazy person and always would message about you on the internet, but I will say, Gregor, you jerk. I never actually tweeted him once, and that's a get around in the eventual lawsuit. When I'm accused of harassment, I can say I never tweeted him direct. <laughs> However... Legal loopholes aside, you know, I would get messages from people all the time. They're like, I met your friend Jordan Everly, and he was the nicest guy in the world, and he talked to my daughter. Or I was getting my tires changed, and Jordan Everly walked in. He was the nicest guy I've ever met. Like, I think after a certain amount of time, you know, a guy like you in the community, you know, you become the kind of guys that people are, like, really cheering for on the team because you are such a nice dude, right? Well, that, I mean, that helps. You, know, you try and you try and be a nice guy to everyone you can. I mean, like you said, it's some people do. Good people do, like you, Jordan. Good <laughs> well, angels. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so the other half of this, of course, is yes, you have to go to the Seven Eleven and get power play advice. But when you're in 
we'll call them the clubs. Gregor, when you were going to bars, it was like goose loonies and people would party in a tent in a field. But like young guys like me and Jordan Eberly were at the pines. I saw Eberly at the bar a few times. Yeah, you were there like chaperoning a bus of nuns or something. And not like me and Jordan <laughs> Eberly. We're in the pines six nights a week hanging out. How I was in the pine lots of times downtown, Jordan. And I noticed that when you were giving the salute to all the Edmonton restaurants on Gregor's show the other day, you failed to shout us out at the pine. But that's okay. You know, that's fine. You, you have, you know, your favorites. I get it. What was it like 2012 going to the bar when security's 12 deep around you and there's 300 girls waiting in line? Because a lot of guys and other teams don't get that, right? I know guys yeah. who play in American markets and they're like, I kind of have to like let it be known who I am in the first five minutes of the hot chick if I want them to know. Whereas in Edmonton, you know, Mark Letestu, all due respect to Mark Letestu, has got like 80 girls waiting to talk to him every time he goes to get groceries. What was it like being Jordan Everly and being a legitimate celebrity in a small market? Um, I mean, when you're a young kid, it's it's definitely overwhelming. Is it weird? Are you like, holy fuck? to you and asking you for your pictures. It is weird. Like I said, it's overwhelming. I don't think it, um, you know, I think it just, came with playing hockey it was, i always used to laugh at it that uh you know people are asking for your autographs and and asking for your picture and whatnot and you, and you really just you play a sport that you were playing since i've been two years old mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a kick out of it but i think it was cool for me um that i got to go through it with younger guys on the team like taylor and ryan Nugent hopkins and, and even connor now that I see you see the him and drac going through it it's got to be hard though right because like if you're playing in columbus you're not getting you know stopped all the time like is it Something that's think, it's not for everybody, or is it you know over? I, I think it's I think it's something where you know you embrace it because of how passionate the fans are. They love hockey there. I think if you ask, you know, you talk to some people, they like to get away from the spotlight, and and you know, like you said, if they're playing in Columbus or whatnot, they're not you're not getting as much, and they maybe they like that privacy. But at the other end, I'll probably get to go through it both times here, um, and I, I'm looking forward to it. So. Well, I think, you know, when you're when you're you and you're in Edmonton and you're on a really losing team and it's a very difficult environment to succeed in, you know, people, you know, the negative people get the most attention because the people who complain the loudest get the most attention. But there's also like so many people cheering for you every night, night in and night out. Right. I consider myself among those. And like what you did really mattered. Right. Like you're one of the best Oilers, I would argue, of the modern era. And like if you're playing in a Columbus or you're playing in a Tampa Bay where, yes, it's a big league sport, but they maybe don't have the same legions of fans. Like there's a generation of people here. I know a guy who named his daughter Eberly and he was like, what a wise decision I have made for this young woman's life. Like what you do here mattered for a long time. And that's got to be cool and, and like rewarding to know. And it is special, absolutely. I think, like I like I've said a lot, the, the hardest thing about being traded um, is I've met so many good people in Edmonton. You know, whether it's teammates or you know just people in the community, they 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 love the team there. They they uh, they love the Oilers, and now that they're doing well, it's, it's just going to even get better. And like I said, I've met so many great people, and it's, that's going to suck for me for sure. It's very hard for me as a crazy person on the internet to conceive of a lineup that you're not in, right? I mean. We've been through a lot together, even though we don't know each other. We've been through a whole hell of a lot. Like when you look back at a lot of years in Edmonton where you put up really good numbers for, you know, a younger guy. And then as a, as a, you're leading into a veteran with a big ticket deal, like you delivered, like what will you remember most when you look back on your time here? Um, You know, it's funny. You talk about, I think like any athlete, you want to win. And last season was a ton of fun for me, even though I didn't have the most personal success that I wanted. Um, That's okay. You're part of a team. Everyone loves you. It's all support. It's all love. Coming into the league, I I was with some guys who had been through the 06 run and and that's all they talked about was how crazy the city was. 
if I didn't have a chance to experience that like I did this year going through the playoffs, uh, you know, that would have and, ha- and had to watch if, you know, if the Oilers make the playoffs next year, having to watch that would have really sucked. But I had a chance to finally go through that and, and it was awesome. So what was it like? Was what was it like to go from the old barn to the new barn to the Connor era to the playoffs? Like after so many years of waiting, probably was it, was, it crazy? It, it was, it was awesome. It was, you know what? It's funny. It's the first round was, was not the first couple of games, but it wasn't until really the, the second round leaving the rink. I think it was after game three that I was like, wow, this is insane. Like people running on the streets and uh, like the cars everywhere, people screaming. It was, that was, you know, pretty neat. It sucks shit, man, to be totally honest with you. Like, in my mind, when I go to sleep every night and you do that thing when you go to bed where you imagine all the wonderful things you want to have happen in life, I wanted to see you in an Oilers jersey, raising the cup above your head, and then I would have thrown my pants at you from the stands and it would have hit you square in the head, causing you to drop the cup. Like, you know, what do you feel like now that you leave? Like, there's got to be some part of you that's like, I'm a pro and this is, you know, what happens. And there's got to be another part of you that's like, man, I've been bleeding oil drops for a lot of really hard years. Like, what do you feel? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it was it's tough. I mean, it, you go from like I said, I'm leaving a lot of good people. I mean, Edmonton was my home for seven years. It's yeah. where I started my career. It's where I got my my start. It's where they gave me an opportunity to to, to be the player that I am. To in the next, you got to look at the positives, and I think I'm going to get a really good opportunity in, in New York, and I'm I'm excited for. Uh, a new chapter. I think it'll be a, a different experience. But All us hardcore Eberle fans think you're going to score like 35 goals next year. Just <laughs> rub it in the team's face. We're like, see what happens, you assholes. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's hope. <laughs> Where are you going to live? Have you got it all figured out, like the logistics yeah. of it all? Yeah, I just got a place the other day, actually. We're leasing a house, and in, in, uh, it's called, uh, I think it's Manhasset. So I'm, I'm looking forward to everything. Kind of now, that, now that the trade's kind of been over for a few weeks, it's been uh, kind of all about trying to get settled and, and, uh, and get ready for camp. Do you have a, Do you have a spare room? Is, are, are, is, 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 is Halsey going to come, come over for a few sleepovers or what? Well, we live, I think we're about 25 minutes away from each other now. He was he, – I saw him last week, and he's coming up next week for for my wedding. So uh, we're we're very close. So it will sure we'll meet for dinner once in a while. Are you done yet? Harassing no, I can this go guy. Forever, I got man. one word in four minutes. You don't. You talked about craps. You said something. <laughs> well, I remember a, it distinctly. You turned my mic off. It was unbelievable. But Abby, you know, I tell you what, Long Island's a great place. I was there to start my career, and uh, it's a it's it is very nice people, uh, great stuff, and uh, there's a really good pass to shot. I can't think of the name again. You know they're in Brooklyn now, right, Struts? I know, but still, they, it's they not like where you play. Manhattan's it. not far away. Oh, though, okay, okay, yeah, okay. It's awesome. It's a great place. You're gonna have a lot of fun. And the city Brooklyn's is awesome. cool. That's. Are they there for a long? Isn't something happened with the arena? I don't really follow the other thirty teams. Are they leaving <laughs> Brooklyn? Well, they got to decide, don't they? Oh, is that what it is? I'm Everly, there. surely you know you're I, collecting I'm, six. I know, I know. We're playing in Brooklyn. Okay, exactly. yeah, it's <laughs> so you'll be there with like Jay Z and Beyonce and the Twins at like ice level, and you'll be wheeling around out there. All right. Well, just before we wrap it up, Ebby, we're going to be uh, celebrating your wedding here coming up right away. Wanda, you're definitely off the guest Certainly list. Certainly not. I would pop up in the um, cake and be like, rethink that shit. And I'm looking forward to it. But you know what? Like we, I think we talked about the other day. But are you are you going to do that tradition where they do "I Knew the Bride" when she used to rock and roll? Do you remember that song? We're we're still talking. You know what's funny? After I spoke with you guys. Was that a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Um, I've been asking people about it, and the consensus was that most people knew it. I can't believe I didn't know this. Thing, but Don't worry, I mean, Ebs. I didn't know it either. It's, uh, so you get, now you, you're the MC, right, Struts? Yeah, but I'm not the DJ, which, you know what? I would have gone the whole package, but yeah. Ebby didn't want that. That's yeah. fine. You I didn't want to spring well, for the got, full thing. We got we got, a, we got better people coming in. So, yeah. <laughs> do, you know who, do you know who DJs uh, who's Jordan Everly's wedding? Tiesto, Struts. No, we, like, we got, I think, actually, 
Kissel's Kissel's playing my wedding. Oh, oh that's mildly gangster. Mm. Is he talented? That's interesting. I imagine your wedding, Jordan Eberly, like the Scarface wedding, where there's just like a line of people <laughs> with envelopes of cash, like Don Jordan, if it pleases you, a yeah. gift. Well, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, one, you have one last question or one well, last no, comment. I don't, want to, I don't want any more questions. Okay, I just done. want to say something okay. nice at the end. If you just give me 30 fucking seconds to breathe. That's all you got. I hope to God at some point you come back like Smitty and you retire captain for one day. And that's the day the Oilers win the cup. And you raise the cup above your head. And I go, wow, I called it on the podcast eight years ago. But until then, I wish you all the best, man. On behalf of all the Oilers fans, and like for real, all joking aside, you were a good dude on a lot of dark nights. And I hope that you go and find success with, with the squad and score a load of goals. And, uh, you know, maybe losing game seven to the Oilers of the Stanley Cup and know that I'm the most <laughs> conflicted man in Edmonton. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's uh, that's nice. Like I said, Edmonton's been home for for seven years, and uh, and all the people there and everything. The, the the city of Edmonton, they they're awesome. They love the Oilers, and I, and I enjoyed my time there. And we loved you here, buddy. Well, I think that might have yeah. potentially swayed Eberly's decision to possibly lift the restraining order. So good yeah. work on yeah. you. Yes, that's right. I didn't meet him face to face. That judge okay. can kiss my ass. I wasn't allowed to be within 100 meters of him. But they never said podcast mics. It's true. It's All true. right. Let's let him go. Ebby, thank you very much. And Thanks, the name buddy. is called Vincent's Clam Bar in Long Island. That's the one you want to check out. It's the best seafood I've ever passed I've ever had. I'm sure there's some good food there, so I might need some more than other than some more tips than that. I'm going to okay. find some good places. All right. I'll get them done for you. See you in a couple of weeks for the wedding, buddy. Sounds good, guys. Thanks good luck. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. Jordan Everly, Real Life Podcast. You know what? Usually we have part two, but we're just going to end on this note because uh, one is on a high. What, what do you want to add something? Well, no, I'm, I just wanted to know how you thought it went because I thought it went fine. I had a sneaking suspicion he was going to be here, and that's why I brought all these nuts and chocolate bars because I thought I was going to have to like ply him with gifts and shit. Gregor, I've I've been on some like double dates, yeah. not where I was. Obviously, mine was going great. Of course, where the other one was going badly. <laughs> yeah, and the worst one I ever went on was better than your nerves were ridiculous. You know what? It's easy for you guys to sit here and say, you know what? I'm Jason Gregor. I'm Jason Strudwick. I play craps with the nudes or whatever the hell you have going on in your life. Gregor's on bloody dancing with the stars at the sequin call right. caller or whatever it is. I'm Dude, not, I was impressed. I thought I was, I'm not, the, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not ever pretending to be right. a guy who can sit with celebs and talk shit. I'm but, not. Right? You're 100% right. That's why I had three pills <laughs> and half a fucking <laughs> Mr. Big. I'm trying to be nice. No, just no, no. I did the best right I could. I did the best no, dude, I could. I'll, like, I was I was amazed that you talked that long. It's it's one thing, you know, I, I got a couple calls from my boys today who are like, solidarity. I'm like, if I ran into Jordan Everly in real life, which it could have occurred numerous times, I glance right past him, never say a word. You shouldn't meet your heroes. If I met Mark Letestu, I don't know why I'm picking on him. Good. Hi, Mark Letestu. I love the Edmonton Oilers. You're an Edmonton Oiler. Good for you. It's one thing to do that. It's nothing to meet your hero. It's another thing to have to talk to one on a podcast, right? And, like, I'm not very good at podcasting. As you know, we do this every week. They're fantastic. And to have to do that plus talk to Jordan Everly in an entertaining way is actually quite a large responsibility. Well, I was impressed that you chugged a beer during the interview. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two beers. Yeah. yeah. Those are both good. Why were we even here? You and I, I think I can give you one because story. You introduced the podcast, and you're yeah. going to wrap it up. Dude, it's all good. I, I wouldn't have done I, I it if you guys weren't here. I, what if I had a stroke from stress? Yeah, well, no, and you we were just here taken just over. for moral support. I had nice. to come over. I had to wipe his brow yeah. a few times. No, it's hard. It's I hard. had to wipe his brow. Well, I wasn't going to give you mouth to mouth if you passed well, out. Well, There's no just mouth to mouth. a quick one. For the name of God, I have a nephew. Bring me back to life. No, stress. You have a very cute nephew, actually. You know what would have happened is, had you passed out, 
Struds would have would have come over you. And uh, that picture of Jordan Eberly that you carry in your wallet, <laughs> he just would have pulled that out and put it over yeah. his face. So you thought it was Jordan Eberly reviving you. But and let's that be honest. That, basically, you probably would just have said, I can die now. Let's be honest. You've known me now for a good long time, even though we're both very young and hip. You know I've talked a lot of crazy shit about Jordan Eberly purely because I meant it all. None of it was an act, right? Like, I like saying things to make people feel awkward, but none of that was an act. Did you... I never in my life growing up that I think I'd actually talk to him. You have to confirm that. No, that's true. There was, was uh, there, cool. there was many opportunities where I even said, I said, hey, uh, if you want to, I can introduce you to Eberly. And he's like, no, I, I don't want to meet him. <laughs> you, actually, you did a very good job. Thank you. But during stressful. that time, Gregor ate a whole chocolate bar. I ate yeah. three uh, whoa, bags whoa, of nuts whoa, and a chocolate bar. I, I, I had a half of, like, it's a super big Mr. Yeah. Big. I, I thought it was a, for Jordan Eberly. Yeah, I thought I he needed Mr. Big in long calories. Time. And then these blueberry Those are for you, yeah. Mr. I'll that, eat any kind of almonds. True. Like, I think I gained weight in that podcast because I didn't say anything. But yeah. I don't mind. That was no, good. It was, good. It was, I it was supposed to. to be the Wanye Gretz, Jordan Eberly. Yeah. Struds and I were there were just for moral support. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Kind of like, you know what? Like, when I've gone out with you at the bar, yeah, and I've seen you go talk to a girl down in flames, and, uh, in down in flames, and I will come in and yeah. bring you back up. Here's I a Bacardi Limon. You say, "Here yeah, you go, drink exactly. this." Exactly, yeah. and here, you know, and then Strads would throw you a China White. You yeah. puke it up because it's gross, and then you go back to a Bacardi Limon. Yeah. Now, what you need to do is you go to the bar. You should have the podcast. Put it on the headphones. Yeah, like, hey, I talked to Jordan Eberly. Listen to this. Listen to this, ladies. Woman. Yeah, human woman. Of Edmonton, yeah, human, uh, life robotic. Human woman of good. Edmonton. How many how many dates do you think you'll get out of this from people saying, "Wow, Wanya talked to you." Think it, you think I will? Well, you'll be you'll, sure. be you'll be using it for sure. I, I want to go out with you and use yeah. it. Any ladies out there that want to meet Wanya? Because right now his confidence is an all time high. <laughs> Very like high. now is the time, <laughs> ladies, the time. that you want yeah, to meet Wanya and Gretz that's because true. nothing sexy. sexier. Than confident. Nothing sexier confident. than Jordan Everly's best friend. And he even yeah. said it. Even there. if he didn't say yeah. it, he meant it. No, it's true. He I, hinted at it. I, yeah. I sense he hinted. like you guys had a connection there yeah. for a moment. Like that's yeah. why Streds and I, you just kind of stepped back. Oh, yeah. yeah. He laughed in a different octave. Oh, about yeah. I a third of the way through. Like it, it was sure. uncomfortable was laugh like, at oh, first. I got you there. And then it was almost yeah. kind of like a laughing at your friend joke. laugh. Yeah. I felt yeah, it. I think you guys are buddies. I think now he'll let you know his Twitter account. I think I think he might follow you on Twitter. Nope. Nope. What if he does? Are you going to block him? Newark Islander? Fuck that guy. Just kidding. Talk He's always going to be Jordan yeah, Everly. Sure. I, well, I thought the one question you were going to ask to throw me under the bus was be like, why did you but, dump dude, him? Dude, dude, you know what the thing is? Why did you dump him yeah, for Connor Because Because it wasn't my place no. Yeah. No. To, to tell your hero that you no. tossed him aside like Disgusting. used underwear so quickly. And one. now that you've talked to him again, yeah. I could tell your love for him's back. It's You're huge. so torn. It's huge. You're like, yeah, McDavid, he's a really good player. It's funny. But you still love Everly more. Going out on a limb and thinking Connor McDavid could make something of himself like I did, Strads. I was the first guy on social media to get behind Connor McDavid when it was a long shot proposition. Okay? Long oh shot. God. I was the first guy right on now? the I was like, you know what? I see something in this kid. I like it. I like his stride. I like his shot. And that's why I got off the Jordan Eberle train. He was already a huge star. I had to go okay. with the new guy, the long shot. Let's save that for uh, now. That 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 just the long yeah, shot. Yeah, well, buddy, shot. You, you went you went We're deep done. off the branch, right? That's there. where you've that just was, gone too far. You, know, you lost you're your doing really well until right there. That's a real life podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. <laughs> Over one point <laughs> four million parts at your fingertips. Finning Canada. Wanya Gretz, Jordan Eberle. With passengers, Gregor and Strudler. <laughs> talk to you next time. It's late. 
and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day and tomorrow bright and early you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today. Parks.cat.com Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.